You have now arrived at Stadium Engale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy, All American 35. And Viva Las Vegas, it's Dan. Viva Las Vegas, Daniel. What's going on, man? We squeaked the one out last night, fellas. Hey, we squeaked it, but all, all we got, all we need is one more point than the opposing team, and we good. So That's it. Hey, hey, let me jump into this, this ad read. Let's get this right away, because I want to get busy getting into this uh this tenant, this uh, Kentucky game and whatnot. So this episode is brought to you by the good people at Brand Insurance and Financial Services. If you need anything insured from the panhandle to the keys, y'all already know what to do. Hit my boy Greg up at 954-589-2204. Again, that's 954-589-2204. Big policies, baby. Let's get into this shit, man. I mean, I'm sorry. Language, I'm sorry. I was on a roll up <laughs> last night. Let's let's get it, let's get into this game. Um we had a lot happen last night. We had some injuries happen. We had a comeback happen. Uh, first, let me get your first opinion or, or a feeling on the game, uh, Dan. Uh, so, I don't really know what to feel, right? There, there's a lot of things, a lot of emotion that's going through, right? Um, you know, first off, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to Felipe Franks as he's coming out of out of that injury and, uh, you know, I certainly wish the, uh, the best for his recovery. It was an interesting game because the first half was, wasn't good on either side of the ball. Uh, we couldn't seem to adjust to their third down. I think we gave up, you know, a number of, of long third down conversions. I'll try to find it uh, later. What, what some of those yardage uh, distances were. So, uh, there was a lot of second half adjustment. It looked like a completely different team in the second half of that game. Uh, I didn't understand. And I know we might get into this a little bit later, kind of the reliance on continuing to go back to the run when it obviously wasn't working the way that we were trying to do it. Uh, t- you know, we talked about it. Kentucky was very, very thin, uh, in the secondary. And, and when we threw the ball, we were able to, to eat. So it was an interesting game. Uh, play call was interesting, but you know, to come out with a, uh, to come out with a win is, is great. It's so true fight with those guys. And, and like, like we, we talked about, um, you know, all, all on Twitter this morning, uh, last year it was about the same scenario and we lost that game. So, you know, this year, uh, another year of maturity, um, another group of guys, uh, you know, different coaching um, and, and a few plays that, that kind of somewhat went our way, uh, you know, changed the game uh, last night. I mean, at the beginning, we started out slow. Uh, like like Dan said, third down, it was killing us. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't get off the field. I think if we would have got off the field a little bit more on third downs, uh, we would have been better off. Uh, but, you know, in the fourth quarter, we switched it all around. Uh, fourth quarter was a, a, a total momentum swing. Uh, we took advantage of it. Uh, Dan, do you Dan and Black? Um, do you think the the lack of film on Kentucky's quarterback? Because I, it looked like in the first half we had no idea how they was gonna attack us. Uh, we played a lot of soft coverage as well, off ball, and then really pressed them. Do you think lack of film and Grantham not knowing exactly how Kentucky wanted to attack us uh, kind of slowed us as far as adjustments? Does the second half look like we tightened up on some things? 
Yeah. Also, and uh, you know, number one, not being out there. Um, I think that that kind of uh, went into play as well. Uh, how we played those guys. I don't know if he wasn't comfortable uh, what we had out there, uh, but I felt like we weren't as aggressive as we usually normally be. Absolutely, the blitzes yeah, definitely I, was dialed back. There, there was some really weird situations where where I don't know why we weren't blitzing. There was. Uh, there was one third down where we, we dropped eight back and, you know, they were able to hit up a, you know, a pretty early or pretty quick uh, route, just kind of right up the middle. And it's like, you could have got pressure on them. You know, Florida didn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback yesterday. And, you know, they were talking about it on the game and, and we're going to talk about the announcers in a few minutes, but uh, that that might be one of the deepest or, or one of the, the strongest offensive lines in the SEC. So, you know, Florida really struggled with getting pressure. And I think because of that, that's, really what Todd Grantham relies on. And so the fact that we weren't able to do that, it might've been a lack of film was probably just a lack of not knowing how they were going to compensate without having, you know, Terry Wilson, who's a pretty mobile guy back there. Uh, but like you said, they, you know, they definitely adjusted in the third and fourth quarter, but I think them getting a lack of pressure on the quarterback is, is really what, what slowed down uh, them on, uh, on defense in the first half. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Sawyer Smith was, uh, was, was trying to run a little bit at the beginning as well, though. So, uh, that kind of threw me off a little bit. I know they probably was throwing off a little bit too. Uh, you know, he was wasn't too bad actually. You know, get, getting what he what he needed. You know, or getting a couple yards that w- what we gave him. If yeah, Kentucky had a good game plan, they, they 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 were well coached. And I think the um, like you said, when they came out, he he ran and got some yardage running. I think that make a, that made us a little bit more apprehensive with what we wanted to do. I just think we didn't have an idea of what they was gonna do until the second half. To me, the turning point, I mean, we overcame a lot in this game. Uh, we were talking about the pass rush. Yep. I mean, Greener and Zoo. Uh, Greener's in the boot right now. I don't know what the status is on. I think I think both would be fine. I don't think it's no serious injuries. But for that game, mm-hmm. you're talking about with Greener out, Zoo out, Tony out, Henderson out. That's probably your top four players that, that's out of the game. Um, and you still find a way to win that game. Trash came in and was uh, efficient. He hit the throws he needed to hit. I think the turning point in the game was when Kentucky went for it on fourth down. They got a little, they got a little excited and got a little ahead of themselves. They should have punted the ball mm-hmm. with a new quarterback coming in, pent trash back, and kind of play just play some defense, make us go win the game. But they got a little excited and went for it on fourth. And after that, trash came in and started getting buckets. Man, that was a turning point in the game for me. Yeah, and they really set up a nice plan for for trash to get comfortable out there. You know, a lot of slants, and they were playing in a pretty soft zone coverage and we can talk a little bit more about that black and, and silk you guys obviously played the position so you guys can can back that up a little bit more but you know with a lot of these you know routes that were, were underneath routes where you're able to to kind of catch these guys in 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 stride you know ahead of the either you know the safety or cornerback that was uh, was covering him so that allowed Trask to build a little bit of momentum and you know he made his first what six seven eight passes so uh, to have a guy that's coming off the bench a redshirt junior to be able to come out of the bench uh, and lead the team back to a win uh, you know no matter how um, you know soft they were playing on defense and, and how easy Trask was able to kind of carve them up at, especially at the beginning of the game for him to be able to lead the team off the bench and you know score team uh, score 19 straight points for them to win is uh, you know a, a huge feather in his cap because I thought he played really well he showed a lot of uh, you know leadership out there he was uh, obviously a, a little bit more mobile than I thought uh, he would be so you know, I'm I'm excited to, to kind of see where he can take this team and, and see what happens uh, for for the rest of the season with uh, with Trask at the helm, and I think that also means you're going to probably see a little bit more of Emory Jones as well. Yeah, I well, want to give Trask. Go ahead, go ahead, AB. Uh, 
Yeah, I was just going to say what, what impressed me the most is, is how the guys adapted to Trash when he came in. Um, it was just like, uh, you know, yeah. the rifle dropped and, and, and Trash had to pick it up. So the guys adapted to it. Um, there was no drop off. Uh, Trash came in and did exactly what we needed him to do. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, that's what he stayed for. He didn't transfer out. He didn't want to go to another school to seek opportunity. Uh, he sat down and, and, and got better. And, and, and when the rifle dropped, he picked it up. Yeah, I want to make sure we give Trash all his due credit. You know what I'm saying? He came in and wasn't no deer in no headlights for a kid that didn't start in high school, for a kid that didn't really play much in his career at college. Mm -hmm. He was with everything that Kentucky was bringing. He wanted all the smoke. He wanted his moment, and he lived up to it, man. He had some throws that could have went the wrong way, but that's the game of football, man. Um, We may drop some passes, and they, and they drop some picks, but he came out there and ready to play, but – Sean Davis did a great job of keeping us in that game. He made some key plays on the back mm -hmm. end when our secondary was struggling. Uh, we get some pass interference calls. Marco was struggling a bit, tackling and covering. Uh, I think he's just yeah. still a little rusty. Uh, he's just set a whole year out of football. I still, he's, he's still knocking some rust off. But Sean Davis, for as much as uh, bad safety play we have gotten, he's playing. He's playing good ball. I don't know what our safety rotation is why they're rotating them so much, but at a position like safety, those guys aren't getting gas like that. They're not. It's not the. It's not the defensive line where guys need to, to take a breather. At safety, them guys are straight back. Now, I don't think Sean Davis needs no reps. I don't think he needs to come off the field. I think Sean Davis is your anchor on the back end, and he needs to be back there every play if he's not hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sean Davis. Yeah, no, I thought he. Go ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to echo that. You know, I thought Sean Davis played, played well uh, for, for what I could see out of him. You know, I thought Brad Stewart played pretty well with him coming back as well. But, you know, Sean Davis, in my opinion, has got to be a starter and he's got to be a guy that's going to be getting, you know, 65, 70% of those snaps at that, that safety position. I think that he's proven, you know, this season that not only is he good in coverage, uh, obviously with a couple of interceptions uh, in the game, although there was kind of that fluky interception that he got where they just was a terrible pass. But, uh, you know, for him to be able to get no, the but he played the ball. Hard I mean, yeah, no, he did. He, no, no, he, that's he, the end. Yeah, he played the ball. Yeah. I mean, our other safeties let that fly out of bounds. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, right. you right. got to make quarterbacks pay for, for overthrows. And for the last couple sure. of years, we haven't made quarterbacks pay for overthrows and bad throws. And if he's going to do that, I mean, that you got to have him on yeah. the field, man. You're right. You're right. So, yeah, I mean, I, but I think that he's, he's your best safety. And that's a, a guy that we were pretty unsure about. I mean, you know, we talked about it, you know, on the show at the beginning, uh, you know, of this podcast a, a few weeks ago about the safety position. We just weren't exactly sure what we were going to get out of him. But, you know, I think if we're talking about, you know, most improved players on the team or the biggest surprise on the team, I think Sean Davis is probably your guy, at least for me. Yeah, Sean Davis came in and made some plays. Definitely when we needed him too. That that big interception uh, when they had he had in the red zone and took us all the way back to what our twenty. Uh, that that you know that that overthrow man was was was, mm -hmm. was perfect timing, and that's what we need. You know that's that's what usually happens. And uh, you know I don't know if people you know really uh, look at the football. You know how how uh, you know I do, I do or you know a lot of people um, that that played the game um, look at it. But tips and overthrows are, are mainly how you get a lot of interceptions. You know very. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. a guy, uh, uh, you know, play some good defense and undercut a ball or something like that. It's always a tip over or overthrow. Um, and I know me personally, when I played, I love tips and overthrows. That's how I got majority of my interceptions, uh, mainly because, you know, uh, good things happen around the ball. 
So uh, yeah, you, know, you gotta be in position for those. Yeah, you know what I'm sure, like, sure, sure. It's a lot of overthrows that we've had over the last. I'm gonna let you finish. A lot of overthrows we had in the last couple of years where the ball hit the ground. Like, where the safety's at? Like, yeah, that's need, that needs to be a pick. Definitely, definitely. So Sean Davis came in and did and did and did that thing. Um, everybody, you know, excited to, to see him um, in in the near future and see how how Grantham uh, uses him in our defense. Uh, you know, I I love seeing him out there. Also, you know what. Uh, with uh, Brad Stewart coming in, you know he didn't he didn't make well he, he got the fumble recovery on the first drive, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. he came in and got that, and and a few times I seen him stick his head in there, you know, and and that's what we've been missing. Somebody to come up and you know if, if, the, if the play break the front seven, you got to come up and tackle the ball. We can't miss that tackle and then let the guy keep going. So you know that that's that's the two things that that uh, I saw earlier that kind of impressed me. All right, the uh, the elephant in the room is is my man. Um, David Reese. I think David Reese is a good linebacker in between the tackles. I think he feels good, mm-hmm. but he's obviously a liability on the passing, passing on passing down. Right. Um, I think teams are picking on him. I think teams know that he can't cover. Or he, he he struggles with covering. And, and, and there was a lot of points in the game where I was like, man, we need to call a timeout just to get him off the field. What, what is your opinion on David Reese? And, and I know Amari Bernie being out hurts us as well. But what's your opinion on David Reese and how do we fix that? Yeah, I, I don't know how you fix it. You know, I don't I don't know what the options are, right? Uh, you know, like you said, that he is a, a huge liability uh, in coverage. Uh, I, I don't know what you do. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, that that to me is the toughest question. You know, I was thinking about it yesterday as I was watching the game because he had some really good plays in run support uh, and and uh, run defense. But you know, like you said, I mean, he was he was out of position. He's slower. He's not able to to match up well. So I don't know. I don't know what they do. Black, you you probably have a better uh, you know vision of, of of what they might be able to do there. Oh, you probably just got to uh, you know inside out him. And give him, give him a little bit of help from one of the other backers, or bring a safety down and try to somewhat slow it down. Uh, if, if they if they killing us with it, uh, I don't think too many teams are going to just straight out the bat just beat us doing that though. Uh, we get a pass rush, we kind of chip him, you know, the running back coming out the backfield or whatnot, just to slow it down. I don't think teams will just come out and flat just beat us doing that game in and game out. No, I don't think like you, you make that your entire game plan, but I think in crucial third third and shorts when. When like that's, we that's, we, we that's keep when you him on the field, yeah. When we keep him that's, on the field for run things, but they try to isolate him on a one on one matchup and take advantage of him in the passing game. I think that's and and those third downs they don't have to do it a whole game, but those third down matchups like which last night, but he came up big, so it's, it, it gets a little difficult. Yeah. But yeah, you can see just, his limitations with yeah. him running around the field. He's just he's not real real agile, not a fast guy. And then it's 2019, bro, you got to be able to play gotta three be, downs. Gotta be. Yeah, he uh, he, he you yeah. know, give, give him a little bit of help. Like, that's all, you know, with, with another yeah. back or uh, safety coming down. Um, you know, just vice him, you know, if you got a back coming out. And there's only one way, two ways he can go, left or right, or, you know. Uh, so, you know, just give him some help. Yeah, I, you know, I think that the, I think that it's going to be challenging. Let's just assume that Marco continues to get a little bit better and then C.J. Henderson, you know, is back. You know, as teams are going to be looking at it to figure out how to pass the ball, I think that – you know, like Silk said at the beginning, that's kind of your elephant in the room. And that's a guy that you know that you probably have a, a pretty strong chance of beating. So 
you know, I think what Florida's going to need to do when Henderson comes back and, you know, Marco gets some of this rust off is that they're absolutely going to need to throw some ha- uh, safety help, you know, on, you know, with David Reese to be able to cover. But right now, I don't know if they can afford to do that because Marco has been, you know, he's still coming back from, from his injury and from his time off. And then with CJ Henderson out, you, you've had to have some, you know, additional safety help in the back. So I think towards the end of the season, it, it might be a little bit different where they can, you know, throw some added support, but, I just don't know, uh, you know, what they're what they can do right now. Uh, you know, it's just a, it's a liability. Yeah, I'm not terribly mad. I mean, there's a lot of Grantham. I mean, on third down, we just there's a lot of third and Grantham tweets out there. But I I think sometimes people got to slow down and look at like the whole game and what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Like like Black said earlier, you're missing probably the best corner in the country. He's out. It's your best player. He's out. So it's a lot you can't do on the back end. If you want to blitz, get Blitz happy. So he had to play a little bit conservative on third downs, and we gave up some big third downs where guys just got to make a play. Yep. Uh, I, I thought the blitzing was fine. I, I thought cause we blitzed sometimes and didn't get home. There's sometimes we went and sent an extra two guys and didn't get home, and they converted on those too. So yeah. blitzing well, ain't always the answer, man. Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, right. they, mm-hmm. they, uh, they, they talked good about their offensive line last night. Their offensive line played kind of well uh, for the most part, you know, just – uh, you know, the pass rush, I wouldn't say what wasn't bad, but uh, we wasn't getting at home at, like like we, we needed to. So that can go into play as well. You know, if you drop back in these zones, you need to, your defensive line to go just pin their ears back and go eat. And let's, let's not be mistaken, man. Kentucky, this game is going to be a game every single year. Kentucky is a real football team. They got a real coach. They got a real program. It's not 1997. Mm-hmm. This is not the Kentucky that we grew up smacking and slapping around. They're a legit program, man. Their offensive line was yep. was clearly better than ours. They 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 had they was they wasn't running no trick plays like the Kentucky before to stay in the game. They were running they was playing football. So that, that game, unless Stoops get hired away, that, that's gonna be a game every single year. I don't care how good we recruit yeah. or how good Dan Mullen is. They're a legit program now. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that you need to have that expectation now that it's going to be a good game. And just because Florida wins, you know, sloppy or doesn't blow them out of the water. I I don't think like you just said, I don't think that's a team that's going to get blown out, you know, of the water. You know, they were a 10 win team last year. They'll probably be a, you know, eight to 10 win team this year, uh, you know, you know, bowl game pending. So they're a good, they're a good team. They, you know, Sawyer Smith, you know, did what he had had to do to, to put them, you know, in a position to win yesterday. And, you know, Florida, you know, was able to, to rally behind Kyle Trask and, and win that football game with a couple of, you know, key, uh, you know, turnovers and a, and a couple of key, um, uh, a couple of key plays that went their way. But that Kentucky team's good. Uh, and I think they're going to be good next year. And, you know, as long as, like you said, as long as Stoops is there, I think that that's a, a team that we can no longer say is just Kentucky or, you know, an automatic W on the uh, on the schedule. This is a game that over the next five years, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Kentucky maybe win, you know, one or two of those those games. Uh, I'll, say, despite... I'll say Tennessee. Tennessee's a new Kentucky. So we can pencil that one in. That's right. <laughs> Kentucky in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, Kentucky – I don't. I, I haven't looked at their their schedule, you know, moving forward. But you know, I don't think that they have any problem with anybody else in the SEC East this year, except for Georgia. Uh, you know, so you know, you consider that they'll probably be able to beat Vanderbilt. They'll probably be able to to beat Missouri. They'll probably be able to beat Tennessee. So they're they, they've got a, a pretty decent run ahead of them. And so you know, job well done to to, to Stoops. He's going to be a great coach uh, somewhere else, hopefully in the next couple of years. Hopefully not at FSU. Okay, now during the game, uh, for my man Francis got hurt. I, 
Frank's yeah. gonna give you some bonehead decisions. He made some bonehead decisions. The, the the first interception was hideous. I don't know what he was thinking. She just threw that away or ran because the time was there. He could have broke the pocket, got a couple yards, slide, and you live to see the next down. But he threw a, a hideous interception. But regardless of his play, I thought he he was playing fine for us winning. I just thought the offensive line was more of our issue and has been our issue since the Miami game. We got to fix the offensive line. But he got injured. He's out for the season. While he was injured, the commentators, uh, you have Bob Greasy and, and Levy, they were commentating. Yeah, Brian, Brian Greasy. Yeah, Brian Greasy, I'm sorry. And um, after Frank's injury, he went on to say that Frank's uh, had on and off the field issues. And uh, it was, he, he was trying to give, make it all sad and, and, and give us somewhat of a condolences or whatnot. But he went on to say that Frank's had off the field issues. Clearly, we all know that Franks has no off-the-field issues, man. Um, I think the problem right now is just these guys don't really follow college football like that. They don't really follow these programs, and they're getting on to commentate games, really not knowing who these kids are or, or what's going on with their careers and at these programs. Yeah, no, I – I, I took offense to it just because I, I think that that's a wholly inappropriate time to, to mention anything, even if he was a guy that had, you know, multiple arrests, even if he was a guy that did have off the field uh, issues, that's not a time that you'd ever bring that up. And, you know, I'm, you know, to couple that with the fact that you just said is that he hasn't had any known off the field issues, right? That's not saying that he's perfect and there's not things that somebody else might know, but it's definitely not Brian Greasy that knows that. So when you have a guy that's withering in pain with, you know, the teammates surrounding him, you know, with the training staff out there, that's not the time to say, Oh, that, you know, there's Felipe Franks, a guy that's had, you know, his troubles on and off the field. First off, I don't think he's had a lot of troubles on the field. I think that expectations for him were always sky high. I think that he's a guy that's rapid or, he, you know, has drastically improved from, you know, the time that he first snapped the ball to now. Uh, you know, I think a lot of what the problem that people had was, was kind of media you know, hyping things up and making it a bigger deal than it probably actually was. Uh, and because of that, you know, you know, he, um, you know, he's a guy that, you know, it, it seems to be like a pretty polarizing guy for, for, for nothing that he's done. I don't think, um, you know, you can say shushing the crowd and everything else, you know, we can debate that at a different time, but you know, he's a guy that's weathering in pain, you know, that that's doing pretty well this season, had a really good end to last season as well. And has never had any problems to so then just stand up there and you're, you know, high horse. And, you know, he's a guy that's had a DUI, right? Brian Greasy is. So, you know, who are you to talk about, you know, people having off the field issues. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, that's ESPN's problem. I think that they need to issue an apology for it because it's not only the right or the wrong time to say that it's also wholly inappropriate to, to pass that off uh, when a guy is, is weathering in pain on the ground. So uh, I know that I just went on a little bit of a rant there, but there's very few things that disgust me more than, you know, people, you know, living on a high horse and looking down and stuff that they don't know uh, and, and trying to, you know, trying to pass off condolences when, you know, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. It's disappointing, very disappointing for ESPN. Yeah, for sure. Dan hit it right on the head. Um, I don't have to uh, elaborate on it too much. Uh, you know, it's definitely a, a time and place for everything. And I, and I think that definitely wasn't um, the time nor place uh, for Greasy's uh, comments. And, you know, for the most part, uh, from what I've been seeing, you know, a little bit that I caught last night, um, he, he definitely has something that uh, built up against the Gators. And um, I definitely. Yeah, the entire show was, just, I mean, the energy yeah. of it, it was all negative UF. Like, there was no positive spin everything that mark stoops was doing was just so great even when we started coming back it was not a whole lot of uf is rallying it was more of mark stoops and them having some type of meltdown when we just started playing better football 
Uh, they called Kentucky's defensive back Trey Dean a couple times. Like, it's just not that difficult to get guys to just do their job. Like, you're a commentator. You get paid a lot of money to know and cover this. And you're supposed to be unbiased while covering these games. Like, I don't understand how why it's so hard to get unbiased guys to come cover a football game, be professional, and know who they're talking about. Know, know the right names on the mm-hmm. right teams. Like, it's just not that difficult. These guys on ESPN. I yeah, think it's the, flag, the flagship channel at the flagship time of the game, right? So uh, these guys have you know one job, you know, to focus on two teams for an entire week, uh, and some of the mistakes that, that they were making was was really disappointing. I'm not sure why. You know, Steve Levy wasn't as bad, but you can tell he definitely seemed to be slanted against the Gators. And then, uh, you know, Brian Greasy, and I don't know if it's because his dad lost the uh, Heisman Trophy to Steve Spurrier in 1966 or whatever it was. But, you know, every single thing that Florida did was was wrong. Everything that Kentucky did was right. And he almost sounded disappointed when Florida won uh, at the end of the game. But, you know, like I said, it's it's wholly unacceptable to, to stand in the press box and editorialize something that, that hasn't happened, especially when a guy is down for what looks to be, you know, a season-ending injury. It's just not the time nor the place, and especially if you don't have facts to – to, to say that. So just really, really disappointed in ESPN yesterday. Absolutely. But let's talk about this lack of run game. Um, I did like how Frank's got north and south on that last jet sweep. Uh, I think I love Tony, but I think Tony would probably pause and, and dance a little bit, try to make something happen there. Uh, uh, Hammy's not going to – Hammy didn't get cute with it. He tried to get what he could get. If he was going to get tackled, cool. We just punted the ball. But he broke it and hit pay dirt. But we got to fix this run game. That run kind of masked on the stat sheet of how abysmal our run game was, man. I don't know if he's running on the edge. I don't know if you're involved Emory to maybe get some reaction to open up some run lanes with him maybe attacking the edge. But we got to open this run game up or Dan Mullen's offense is just not going to click. He needs run. He needs play action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Go ahead. No, we just, man, we got to start hitting people in the mouth, man. You know, all, all this bullshit, you know, that, you know, being, you know, funny and, you know, not not a good offensive line or, you know, whatever the case may be and shit over with. Now we're in flying bullets. It's, it's real life games. All right. So, you know, we, you know, we got to improve. We, we, you know, Rome wasn't built in the day, but man, we got to start out toughing dudes up in, up in the, in the front line. And that's where that shit started. At. You know, how tough do are we? How, you know, we got to move. We got to move the line of scrimmage. All right? We aren't really moving the line of scrimmage when we run the ball. That, that's where that shit started at. Yeah, it got a little better when um, they took DeLance out and subbed him in for Garage. It, we, we got a little bit more push. And also, I mean, we got to talk about the running back position. I don't – like, I'm a P. Ryan fan, but I don't think P. Ryan is running downhill and is strong. I mean, the line's going to struggle. But when you're a, a SEC All-American type back, you got to make things happen. I mean, even when Scarlett was there, he was getting yeah. hit in the backfield and he would turn over games. And we didn't have good offense. Get those guys a little bit more explosive out of their stance. I think you need to get some of those guys involved because the holes are not open long. So when the holes are not open long, you need somebody to get to the hole faster. And I think P. Ryan's more of a downhill. He, get, he needs a moment to get going. So I think we need to do a little change of pace there. And also, I want to see Emory. With, with, with Franks down, I want to see Emory more involved in the game plan, especially in the run attack, some quarterback design runs. Yeah, you know, it's disappointing. You know, I know that we had all expected that, you know, this running back group could be one of the, 
the deepest in college football, definitely one of the, the more deep ones in the SEC. And to see, you know, Pirine three games in, and I think he only has 120 yards on this first season is is, is pretty disappointing. Uh, you know, you're exactly right. You know, last season we saw Scarlett, we even saw Pirine last season, you know, take some hits at the, uh, you know, line of scrimmage and, and was able to power forward. Uh, you know, Florida had one of the fewest, uh, you know, tackle behind the line of scrimmage rates last season. And this season, you know, they're, they're towards, you know, the middle towards the top. So, you know, that's, that's disappointing. Like you said, I don't, I don't know necessarily how we fix it. You know, you throw the read option potentially in there with Emery, you know, and I don't know if Kyle Trask, you know, what, how much rounding we'll see out of him yesterday. We obviously saw that he will run the ball. Uh, so I'm not really sure what they do, but at the end of the day, you know, you have a, all, you know, SEC caliber running back, you know, that's only averaging just over three yards of carry. Uh, and that includes playing Tennessee Martin. So uh, it's, that is disappointing, uh, you know, and I hope that they can, they can figure it out, but if not, they're going to have to try to figure out a way to, to either get you know, somebody else the ball or, or just unique in different ways to, to get that ball out. Because, you know, that, like you said, that, that offense is completely predicated on the ability for them to, uh, to, to run the ball. Uh, you know, I'll also say that, you know, Florida, uh, you know, really started to, and I saw Kyle Pitts yesterday, you know, put, you know, turning a big game for him too. So if they can get, you know, that tight end position figured out a little bit more, uh, but this running back situation is, is strange to say the least. Yeah. I think Damian Pierce just runs different. You know what I'm saying? I think P Ryan yeah. getting carries is fine. I, it's P Ryan starting is fine, but I think those other guys not getting any carries in the first half and we want the same back. You just need a change of pace. If you run the guy nine times and he got 12 yards, let somebody else get a look at it. Maybe they see something different. Right. Maybe they can hit, go against the grain and, and pop something. I mean, that's just how the, the game works, man. Some guys see the field different and some guys like this offensive line may work better with a quicker back. You just never know. You know what I'm saying? So, I just think I'm yeah. fine with P. Ryan carries. I'm fine with P. Ryan doing. I just know the line got to play better for P. Ryan to, to hit big stuff, and they're not playing better right now. So let's try to get some other guys involved. I'm fine with P. Ryan carries, but I want to get Damian Pierce and Malik Davis more carries somehow. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. Because, you know, last year, um, you know, I love P. Ryan and I love Scarlett. Uh, but at the same time, I felt like P. Ryan was, you know, uh, one of the guys that came in after, you know, Scarlett wore down the defense a little bit. Um, and there and was, a you know, a combination type guys, uh, you know. But, you know, I don't think P. Ryan can, you know, just, you know, be our only back that we get the ball to. And he played every single down. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a bit much. It's a bit yeah. much. Go ahead. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, you're exactly right. You know, I would love to see Damian Pierce. I think that he, uh, you know, has played well this year in the kind of the limited opportunities that we've seen to to watch him play. Uh, you know, Malik Davis seems to be coming back into his own a little bit more. And, you know, but I also want to give P. Ryan, you know, the credit where credit's due on that, that touchdown to, to put Florida ahead, you know, where Kyle Trask made that. Otherwise, probably not something that Dan Mullen would encourage him to do again, uh, where he's getting tackled and he pitches the ball over and, you know, P. Ryan's, you know, awareness, paying attention to, to then, you know, go into the hole and, and score that touchdown is big. So I want to be able to, to make sure that, you know, he gets that credit as well, because that's that's great awareness. And, you know, obviously, that was great awareness by Kyle Trask as well. So definitely um, shout out to I, I like the way my man Kyle Pitts play uh, young guy, bro, I think. I think uh, he's going to be targeted more with Cal. I think I know Cal's not going to take the risky throw. He's not Franks. He don't want to hit the home run ball. 
He'll play more in the system. And I think the tight ends are going to benefit more from um, Kyle Trask playing just from that standpoint that he's going to be looking for them more more often because he wants that the easy matchup, low risk. So I think Kyle yep. Pitts had a, had a coming out party yesterday. Uh, he, he made some some key plays to move the chains. Even on bubble screens, he got north and south. So shout out to Kyle Pitts, man. I want to see him get more involved in the offense. Anybody else that was, wasn't involved, I mean, we just talked about running back. Offensively, who who you think that that we could use more, get more involved? I mean, I, I thought we were going to see fifteen a little bit more um, than what we did. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm with I'm with you, uh, Silk. I, I love how Kyle Pitts came out and, and, and showed up, um, especially with that 84 on. Shout out to my boy uh, Troop. But yeah, he he uh, he definitely made some big plays in crunch time when we needed him the most. Um, but I would love to see 15 a little bit more. Uh, you know, and and, and Swain made some big plays for us as well too. So um, you know, it, it's been it's been a common theme where when we need plays, 16 to 10 uh, kind of shows up a lot. That's I, right. I, yeah, yeah, those guys are gonna be consistent. You're gonna be able to rely on those guys at certain moments. But in 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 with the type of offense and and, and the type of games we're playing right now with Tony Hurd, your most explosive offensive players is 15 and 20. I don't care how you chop it up. All right. Yeah, you gotta find a way to get them on the field and get the ball in their hands because from what we know, and what we like, I mean, we love we love Van, we love uh, Grimes, all those guys. They're gonna make plays. They're gonna catch the ball. They're gonna do their assignment, but they're not explosive. Our most explosive players, the fifteen and twenty, with one down. We gotta find a way to get the ball in their hands. Yeah, I'll tell you, one of the last people that I thought would get that jet sweep, and maybe that's why it worked so well, uh, was uh, was Hammond, right? And, you know, he did well, and I'm glad that he, you know, scored that touchdown. But, you know, I, I thought, and I think we all thought that that would be a play that, that Jacob Copeland would, would get. So, you know, I'm curious to see why he's not on the field as much as he is. You know, but I thought no, he missed know, he some blocks. Pretty- he had he got on the field, and he, and he missed some blocks here and there on, on some plays. So, I mean, and Billy, Billy Gonzalez, you got to be able to block in his system. If you can't block, you're not going to play. But we got to just yeah. find ways to get the explosive guys the ball. I don't think 15 or 20 touch the ball at all. I mean, they're not going to they're not gonna be the most like, – like 15 is going to miss some blocks. But one of those guys got to touch the ball. Like we got to have explosive sure. plays. And I think our explosive plays got to be ran through those two guys with one down. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. You know, one of the biggest predicators of success is that ability to get that play that's longer than 20 yards. And, you know, those are your guys that are consistently able to kind of make something out of nothing uh, from what we've you know seen out of them or what we know their talent level could be. So, you know, we, you have, you know, some really good options and, you know, in Freddie Swain and, and Hammond, uh, you have some really good, you know, options, uh, you know, with, with Kyle Pitts uh, out there. Uh, so now it's just a matter of who's that guy, that and you know I think that that Grimes played played okay. Uh, you know I know that Cleveland had that drop that that he wishes he would gotten. Uh, but outside of that, you know I think Florida's starting to do exactly what we thought. I think like you just said though, the one thing that we're missing is that home run threat. Uh, so I'm curious to see you know as we move along you know more into the season, you know do we see more Jacob Copeland or is Florida going to be you know an offense that's you know pretty conservative moving forward with you know with Kyle Trask and less Kyle Trask you know really is more than than we think he is or. Yeah. Uh, another thing, Amar, what exactly did you say? I haven't re. I want to rewatch the game today. Uh, it's Sunday. We're recording on a Sunday. We usually record on Monday. I, I want to rewatch the game sober and not emotional and, and get a better glimpse of the game. But we got right on it. 
and, and and that's all good. But what did you see on the fly last night, Ahmad, that what adjustments did, did Grantham make in the second half? Because clearly we played different ball. What did you see we do different in the second half? <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I felt like the first half, they kept running a split zone. And with that split zone, um, they was gassing us with that. Um, they, they kept bringing the... Uh, split zone. Uh, what do you mean by split zone? Explain so, that to the... To the so, so what they were doing was they were having their, their tight end down uh, like a wing set um, off the ball um, somewhat in the backfield as a, as, as a fullback because anywhere you're just a fullback. Um, at the snap of the ball, he'd go across the line of scrimmage and, and block that in. Um, and, and then they were, they were gassing us with that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I think we had better run fits in the second half. Um, you know, we, we, we were more aggressive uh, on, on the run. Um, I think we slowed them down, running the ball a little bit, um, and then also too, their quarterback missed some big, some big throws in the, in the second half. Uh, so some wide open guys that he missed. So um, we made some 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 small adjustments. It was just some small things in the first half that that you know we were missing. They weren't they weren't beating us too bad. You know what I'm saying? Um, even the plays with Marco, uh, you know, he was there. You know, we just got to find a way to finish the finish the the, the play, uh, and that's that's, yeah. when, that's when it that's when it matters. I mean. The ball, the play doesn't start to the ball's in the air, you know, and, and, and you could you could play all the defense you want. If you can't knock the ball down or pick it off, it don't matter. Yeah, shout out to yeah. my man Kyrie Elam, man. Um, I hung out with Abe Friday night. We chopped it up about the game, and um, he kind of told me – I think that's what I came in and told you guys in the group chat that Kyrie was going to start and, and, and Hendo was out. So, shout out to Kyrie, man. He played solid. Um, he's starting to get a little comfortable. And then, like his pop said, the same thing. You tell when he played before, he's a little, he's a little tight. He hasn't got loose yet, but he'll have that moment where he get loose and really start to feel himself. But he played solid last night. He made his tackle. He was always in position. He got a garbage time interception. So he got two interceptions in two games. Shout out to the young boy. Any other young guys on defense who would like to see more? And, and another thing too, like uh, Abe is real high on Chester. He thinks Chester's playing real great ball. And that's how loose he won't carry to play because Chester plays with a different energy. Like he don't care if you make a mistake. He's just out there trying to trying. To, and I think Carrier's right now is a little worried about making mistakes. But shout out to to the young boys in the secondary. I think they're doing fine that corner. We sure have some safety stuff. I think we'll be fine in the secondary, dog. Once Brad Stewart's back and Sean Day, I don't like that rotation. Why are we rotating? Like, I'm trying to keep it keep it together. Why are we rotating safety so much, Amon? I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to find the, the right combination to, to, to put in the game or, or what. But, you know. I mean, from, everybody from, from, know the combination is now. We that's what I'm saying. <laughs> from, 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 from the couch, from the couch, we kind of know what what the combination is. I don't understand why they don't know what the combination is. I mean, shit, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't at the game and we, we sitting on the couch. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's I, something, man. Like, I, I need to better understand the why we rotating. Safe. I don't like, know. It's not defensive line. Like, I don't, I don't understand know. it. I got, I got to go. I got to go see. I got to go. There's clearly some. There's clearly a snap count going on. Like, there's no other reason for some of the guys to sit. They'll be playing great, and then the next series they're out. And it'll be an important series. Like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to 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 disrespect any other other safeties, but no, no, there's no. two guys that are more because, talented than the others, and they need to be on the field. Right. For sure. For sure. You know, because well, Sean Davis had that interception. I think Sean Davis, the, the the drive after Sean Davis had the interception, they they sat him. So it, it, it's it's weird. Uh, 
fortunately for those two guys that we think are the number one and, and number two safeties of the two or two ones, uh, you know, they'll probably be playing most of the first half against Tennessee because one of those safeties is out for targeting. I just, I, I, that, go ahead. What's y'all, what's y'all feel about the targeting rule as well? The, the rule's trash. I don't even oh, like I, discussing it during the game because it's just so trash. On either side of the ball, like they're kicking guys out of games. The, the rule, I mean, some of these guys aren't even intentionally trying to use their helmet to hurt anybody, but it happens. Football plays, guys move to running full speed. I think if it's not intentional, like malice, you trying to knock a guy's head off, you know what I'm saying? Like with your helmet. Some of it's accidental. You can't. I think it just takes something from the game where you're knocking some of the best players out the game, doing like key moments, bro. I just don't like the call in, in football. It's just, it's a violent game, bro. If you if, if you don't want if you want to <laughs> you want a good brain to last a long time, go be a doctor, man. Go be a pharmacist or something, man. Be a attorney. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> man. Look, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of obstacles you got to cross to even be in the NFL, man. Or, you know, make a living doing so, man. So if you if you willing to cross all those obstacles, and you know, to to, to get to your dream and what you want to do, man, you gotta you gotta be willing to, to to get banged up and stuff, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's taking a little bit of the violence out of the game, y'all. It's it's a violent game. That's what makes it exciting. What other takeaways we got from the game, man? I wanna, I mean, I'm, I feel good, man. We got a team win. Yeah, we three and zero. Yeah, At a sure. point in that game, I told myself, man, I don't see how we win this game. And like, I'm pretty sure we all on this show came to that point again. Like, right now, we're just getting beat in every phase. Like, they look better than us right. in every phase of the game. We was turning up the ball. They had at first they hadn't turned up a ball. I mean, it didn't for the Brad Stewart one, but they wasn't looking. They was driving on us. Like, they had their first punt in the first in the fourth quarter. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like we were stopping them on third down. They was like seven or nine. They was just yeah. converting on us. Third and 21. So it, it got to a point yep. where I was like, bro, I don't see how we went in this game. But we oh. just kept hanging around. Question. You know what Question. I'm saying? And it's Question. shout out to them boys. Question. What is What does y'all take on that play with uh, with Trey on the sideline? Guy stepped out of bounds, come back in to catch the ball, and they picked up the hat. Uh, the ref, the the referee was was crazy suspect, man. That yeah. I think that was that shouldn't have been a catch. You know what I'm saying? Like he like, clearly was out of bounds, and they said you clearly yeah. out of bounds. He, he, he stumbled out of bounds. I don't think right. nobody pushed him out of bounds. I don't think Trey pushed him out of bounds. No, nah, but at that point we knew we wasn't. I knew we wasn't get that call. Like the touchdown, that wasn't a catch. He did not have control of that ball before. That ball, that ball, about, that ball moved all over the place. That all ball was moving the entire time. But I knew he was going to get hosed on that. I said, they're going to call it a touchdown, bro. And they did. That was and, not and, a touchdown. And I want to, you know, sh- you know, I, I want to say something. You know, a lot of people called out Marco on that one. You know, sometimes, you know, on those 50-50 balls, you're not going to win them all. I thought that Marco played that ball the best way that he could. Uh, yeah, sure. Sometimes you're going to lose. Sure. But that was – that. That wasn't a catch. Uh, you know, you from one angle, it looks like it's a catch. I even tweet it. One angle, it looks like a catch. But then you turn the other direction, you see the ball, you know, clearly move when it hits the ground. Now, I, I don't know. It, it was, it's, I've seen suspect referee, not just in, in this game, but in all three games that Ford has played. And then, you know, watching college football as a whole, it just seems like those holes. I mean, uh, the holes on, on on Frank's the holes on Frank's touchdowns. Like I'm still trying uh-huh. to figure out those uh-huh. holes. 
A terrible oh cause, bro. You can yeah. call that on a, on a t- like to me, those are terrible calls. It wasn't near the ball. Like it was ticky tacky stuff that was just jamming us. I was just like, bro, how are we gonna win this game? The refs are the refs are playing are calling the trash game. Our offensive line's not blocking anybody. Our secondary's giving up third downs left and right. And somehow, bro, <laughs> on the road yeah. in a hostile yeah. environment, we won that game. I don't think a couple of years ago we do win that game. I don't think, I mean, last year we obviously lost that game too, but to, to come back and obviously a very emotional situation where your team leader and obviously a guy that every player on that team respects and your quarterback that goes down, to come back, play with composure, to make some really big stops on defense and to score 19 points in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, I, I give my hat off to this team. And I know a lot of people, at least on the internet, seem a little disappointed that Florida's not like blowing teams out of the water, but like, like we said earlier, first off, this isn't your parents' Kentucky team. And second, that's a good football team that Florida came back. Uh, and, you know, we saw under Muschamp, we saw under uh, McElwain that, you know, Florida wasn't a team that was going to come back. You know, once they were down, they were out, right? And so now we've seen it multiple times under Dan Mullen where Florida's been down and had the opportunity to, to come back and win the football game. And they did it again uh, yesterday. Absolutely, man. Um, I, love, I love the fight. Hey man, yeah, bro. It's it's great to be a Gator, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot of a lot of clown stuff yeah, going around around the state. We're playing four quarters of football. These boys are not laying down. They losing their best defensive players. They losing their quarterback, and these boys lining up and rallying behind each other. That's a sign of a program. Regardless of the shenanigans that happen on the off season, like pay attention. This is a sign of a good program. Next man up. The yeah, coach preached that. But until you have to do it, you don't know what you got. We had to do it. Absolutely. Pulled up and, and went and got a win. I'm excited for that, man. But we're going to see what's going forward. Yeah, we're gonna get it's the a team, like I said, that was uh, – yeah. I was just, <laughs> just going to say, I mean, I, I don't want I don't want people to, to, to sound like they're, they're disappointed. It seemed like, you know, yesterday that the timeline was finally – kind of vibe and all together but uh you know at the end of the day this is an opportunity for for fans to rally behind a pro program it was awesome to see the players right behind each other yesterday and and pull off that win you know florida's a, a good program they, they've got you know we've talked about some of the ticky tack things because we have an hour to talk about the game right so of course we're going to bring up some of those smaller things but at the end of the day you had a good florida win yesterday you, they made some big adjustments on offense and defense to put themselves in a situation where they could win the ball game and sure as hell they did and you know, that's Florida's 3-0, and that's all you can expect. You've played three games, and you've had the more points on the scoreboard than all three other teams, which is something that not very many teams can say anymore. So, All right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, man. I kind of put you all on the spot. Um, new segment, man, out the games. This is what we're going to do on, on, on the preview. Got to play better. Got to Give me a guy that got to play better going forward, bro, or, or, or the pine is coming. You know what I'm saying? Like, got to play better. Who you got? Uh, I would go ahead. Go ahead. I was I was gonna say uh, I was gonna say Gene Delance. You know, I know that we just talked about you know some of those those ticky tack fouls uh, that that called back on on Frank's two rushing uh, rushing touchdowns. 
but uh, you know he's a guy that you know was in Arizona college. That's a guy that you know Florida's gonna really rely a lot on. You know, so you know he needs to be a guy that that's not gonna commit those penalties. Those are you know freshman and sophomore penalties. You know, he's got to he's got to you know step up. So I'm gonna go with with him and. Yeah, I could probably pick another one or two people on the offensive line, but uh, you know, and run blocking, and then just limiting, uh, limiting, um, you know, penalties and, and poor decision making. I'll say uh, we we got to play better. At, I don't want to say uh, I don't have a certain uh, player. Uh, I'm gonna just say position. Oh, that the opposite linebacker position, Reese. Uh, when you got Ventura Miller, uh, you got Houston, um, and those guys. Uh, we got to be more consistent right there. Uh, we got to learn how to how to uh, be stick our head in there and stuff that run. Um, you know, we can't show up one week and then the next week be uh, dismal and not even be there. So um, that position as a whole, um, at, at that linebacker spot, uh, we just got to play better. All right, my guy, I've got to play better. It's my boy. Feels like, you know what I'm saying, family. But Marco got to play better. You know what I'm saying? He's in position. The ball's in the air. He has all the talent in the world. When the ball's in the air, we could call it a catch, not catch, touchdown, not touchdown. You got to get it done, baby. You know what I'm saying? The ability there, knock the rust off, finish the play. Gotta play better, bro. Especially when you, when you, when when your Henderson's down on the other side, your man's not there, you gotta hold it down. You know what I'm saying? So I expect him to pick it up, man. He's knocking some rust off. He'll play the ball in the air, he'll get on his A game sooner or later, man. But right now, even in the run game, Marco gotta play. You gotta wrap up guys. He missed a couple tackles in the Miami game, he missed some tackles in this game. Wrap up, finish plays. He's in position. He's got to finish plays, man. Sometimes being out of physicality and not being in football a whole year kind of throws that off, man. And he's getting back. Sure. He didn't really play spring either. So he's getting back to the mm-hmm. physical part of the game. But he's got to play better, bro. And I'm pretty sure that something the same. Yeah, and that's the one thing about Marco, too, as well. Um, and that's what, what, what gra- made, made me gravitate towards him um, as other players. Is that he's a coachable player, and and I know one thing he 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 can take is um, um, constructive criticism about his gameplay. Uh, I know his brother is in his ear. His brother's a professional athlete. His dad, you know, been around a lot of professionals as well. Um, and I, and I know he ha- he has a a great say so in his his uh his son's uh gameplay. So I know they can come together and um you know get in Marco's ear and you know let him know uh you know what he could do better, what he did good, and especially his his teammates. And I know he'll change his gameplay, and 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 I I expect to see a better Marco. Um, I know he can play better. Already. Anything what we what else we got? I mean, I think we pretty much we're gonna do the Kentucky game. I said we drop this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We, we ain't gotta right. wait till Tuesday. Yeah, we mm-hmm. can drop this episode on Monday, get the people something Monday, and then we can figure out the Kentucky uh preview. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the Tennessee, Tennessee preview. preview. Yeah, we'll drop that probably Wednesday or, or, or Friday. We'll figure that out amongst amongst ourselves here. But um, let me get Cam's song the, the song this week, bro. Let, me, let Cam yeah, sing yeah. it out. Cam been grinding, man. Cam Cam was up till one in the morning recording the same as Sunday on Big Three Roller with us last night, man. So it wasn't that bad, it, bro. No, it wasn't that bad, but I appreciate it, man. It's like <laughs> the, the devotion and de- dedication, dog. Like it's you know, what I'm you saying? could definitely be doing a lot of other things on Saturday night. You know? Absolutely on a Saturday night, dog. Anything so, for the brand. Anything for the brand. Already. I appreciate it. Already. What you got for us? I'm going to go with my boy Mac Miller, a song, Fight the Feeling, with Kendrick Lamar in it. It's pretty dope. Oh, okay. Okay. Rest uh, I'm looking man. forward to listening to this one for the one first time. One of my time favorites. <laughs> Actually, I have it on vinyl. Oh, you got to at least keep right. up with your white rappers, Dan. Like, something, Dan. And then, and then all white rappers don't sound like Eminem, right? Thank God. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> 
Oh, I, 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 I got a tweet out there saying that Mac Miller is my white goat, bro, for white rap. Mac Miller before he died. Yeah, man. Mac gets busy. Mac gets busy. Yeah. I've, I've heard some of this stuff. It's all right. It's all right. So I'll uh, I'll make sure I listen to this one. For all sure. right. All right, boys. Hey. We got to get down to the casino. All right, man. Go, hey, go gamble all your money away, man. That's absolutely. Unfortunately, I didn't put all of our uh, stadium and gale money on uh, on Virginia <laughs> uh, to cover yesterday. We would have just missed it. You guys would have been real mad. But, uh, oh, but that, big shout I told out to, you, the, bros. to the Cavaliers. Yeah, uh-huh. shout out to our Cavaliers, man. Yeah. All, right. All, right. Florida, all right, guys. Florida hold State it down. AB, Florida State's right. 0-3 versus orange and blue teams. You know what I'm saying? I think we got some voodoo on them people with the orange and blue. Okay. Hey, I haven't listened to Same Energy Sunday. Did they talk about the fact that uh, that Willie Tiger was blaming Kendall Bryce for calling the plays yesterday? Yeah, they asked him about a play call. He said, hey, man, I don't call the plays, bro. <laughs> hey, <laughs> no, hey you're the head coach, bro. <laughs> that's what he <laughs> said, bro? Day, everything goes through you, yeah. He's like, that was Kendall's play call, and uh, I didn't have anything to do with it. Keep oh. in mind, last week when they asked him about a play call, he said, don't ever think that anything's being called that, that that's not not something coming from the top. You know what I'm saying? So last week against the big upset versus Louisiana Monroe, he won all the credit for, you know what I'm saying, any points and activity. But this week, yeah. Hey, my, my, so coincidentally, I'm watching uh, the Redskins and the Cowboys game. That just threw an interception. Guess how? Threw a, to a wide open receiver. The shit went straight through his hands and the safety caught it on the tip. Told you. Over, bro. The over, I told bro. you, bro. Just got to be in place. Wide receiver was naked, bro. And and that broke a tackle in the backfield, hit him, and went, it went straight through his hands right to the safety. Yep. You got to be in position to get those, though, Black. You ain't in position, you're not going to get those. You're out of position, it just hits the turf. Yeah, true. Yeah. All righty, man. Y'all pull up the stadium and get each and every week, man. All right, y'all. All right.
keep a couple most dope homies by me so the rain too many times it's me myself and irene we stay smoking through the night wake up do some tai chi homie can't you see i'm chilling please don't fuck up my chi yeah my jacket y3 recently been up on fashion waste a bunch of money kind of stinks of satisfaction fell asleep at hollywood woke up in manhattan falling like i'm jordan but i'm fresh as mars black man a penny for your thoughts a dollar for your dreams a price on an idea we never can agree they tell you what to know but it's better to believe so why you trying to act like what you never gonna be still i tell them fuck what you know i'm feeling comfortable just continue living life because enough of them don't you spent your days counting every single penny made start now because we coming for you Never gonna stop cuz Whenever your tactics are mighty clever But even if you're Mayweather You, you can't 